Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Welcome back to the Dinger Discussions Podcast. I know it has been a while since I have uploaded. I appreciate for your, your patience and everything, you know, school, work, all that. You know, I mean, looking at colleges and stuff like that, you know, it gets stressful. But we're back. Baseball season is in no less than, what would that be, 15, 16 days, I believe, right? March 15th? Yep, 16 days. Very excited for that. You know, spring training's been going strong. I've been watching my Phillies. Um, they, they look good. I don't know. I mean, playing the same teams, and two of them are the Pirates and Tigers, so I, mean, I don't really know what you're gauging from that. Also, you know, it's more for the pitchers, not necessarily the hitters, because... You know, hitters get hot. They find their groove by themselves. It's more for the pitchers to get their arms ramped up. But we will be starting a series. We're going to be six parts to this series. You'll see why in a minute. Uh, We're going to be doing a quick overview of each division in the league. I'm going to give my predictions on how the team's going to do as a whole in the division. I'm then going to, you know, dive into each team. And, yeah, let's, let's get going real quick before we do that. I just want to quick plug the Instagram I started a TikTok account, has TikTok account, have not posted to that yet, but expect content on there as well. Also, the YouTube page, one video was out, really bad quality, still kind of trying to figure that out, so that's almost like a test video, but you know, I mean, there was still work put in, so if you go look at that, um, it's about the uh, story of Eric Thames, so that would be greatly appreciated, and yeah, I mean, the link will be in uh, description on the Instagram, at Dinger Discussions, you can also find the link to the YouTube, link to the Twitter, and uh, TikTok, all other socials will be at on that link. Alright, so getting started with the NL East, obviously you got the Braves, Mets, Phillies, Nats, and Marlins. This, I believe, is the most complete division in baseball. It won't be the most competitive strictly because Dodgers-Padres exist in the National League West, but between the five teams, right, I mean... If you rank all five teams next to each other, I do believe that the last place team, which, spoiler, I have the Marlins, will only be about eight games back of the Braves, possibly ten, because it really depends how good the Braves are. But, I mean, the floor that I have for the Marlins is not that low. Um, They did prove a lot of people wrong last year. They got hot at the right time. They had the COVID problems. People weren't too happy. But then you got, you know, your leaders stepping up, and they really took charge. And then that young pitching core is elite. Well, I don't want to say elite because compared to other people, but, I mean, they will be elite very soon. So now that I'm talking about the Marlins, we might as well get into them right now. So starting lineup-wise, um, not a Marlins fan. Watch them a good bit because I watch the Phillies and we suck against the Marlins. It's very depressing, but, um, you know, I mean, if I'm wrong, if you think someone's going to play over someone else, please do let me know uh, in the Instagram comments, you know, at me at Twitter, anything like that. But I have uh, Jesus Aguilar on first base. You know, he played with them last year. Um, I like that signing. You know, he's an old, older dude. 
uh, really able to like you know rein in with the uh, younger guys that they have there. A lot of personality. I like Casey Sagular on that team. Uh, Isan Diaz is probably going to start at second base. He was, I believe this is his third or fourth year in the league, probably third. Um, I remember that viral, viral clip of uh, the interview of his dad in the stands during his regular, uh, his first regular season start um, in the big leagues. And he, as the interview was going on, he actually went yard off of uh, Jacob deGrom. And honestly, that is why I remember Isan Diaz, because that was a cool moment. His dad flipped out, you know, all that. Um, playing third base for them, you know, um, you got Brian Anderson, who I believe is one of the more underrated third basemen in the league. He is not top 10 by any means. He is top 15 though, probably around 13, somewhere like that. Um, I just, I think because of playing in Miami, you know, I mean, when's the last time Miami had a Monday night ESPN game? You know what I mean? So not getting the coverage they really deserve. However, I do believe that Brian Anderson is one of the more underrated players in the league. Um, and then shortstop, you've got that leader there. Just watched a podcast with him on it. Um, shout out John Boy Media and uh, Chris Rose Rotation. Not that they'll hear this, but you never know. Um, you got Miggy Rojas. Um, absolute great guy. You know, um, took a while. He got, I actually learned this today. He got drafted in 2005, and I was just hearing his name last year. Probably a little late to hear about him. But, you know, I didn't really start to nerd out in baseball until, you know, the offseason of 2019 after the Nationals won the World Series. You know, I was always into it, but, like, that's when I deep, you know, like, I think I can name a good bit of players on, you know, even, like, a team like the Marlins that doesn't get a lot of coverage. So, you got Mickey Rojas um, playing shortstop for them. And then their outfield, I think, is where their weakness lot is the most, um... You got Corey Dickerson in the outfield, and then for center field, you got Lewis Brinston, Monte Harrison, two younger dudes uh, looking to prove himself um, themselves, and then Adam Duvall, who's just gonna rake. Defense gonna be meh, but you know, I mean, Adam Duvall hits. Um, and then you got that pitching staff, right? Not gonna get into every bullpen because I don't want to make this episode too sh- too long. But you got Sixto Sanchez, where every time he goes out there and does well, a part of me dies because he was like the one good guy the Phillies had in their farm system no knock on like Bryson Stott or Donis Mandana or any of them but Sixto was the real deal he was the dude and they traded him not complaining totally because we got real Muto out of it however you know he's stud got the 45 on his neck for uh Pedro and you know he, he, he goes out there and shoves uh Pablo Lopez also in that rotation Trevor Rogers watch out for him no one's going to talk about him, I promise you. But look at his numbers at the end of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if he was like sub four, around like a three eight ERA, something like that. Um, would not be surprised at all. And then Sandy Alcantara uh, is probably going to be their ace. It might be six though by the end of the year because I do believe he's that good. His stuff is electric. It's just the whole, you know, you got these young flame throwing guys. Um, with a lot of energy, it's all about control because like if they get it in the zone good luck or if they get it remotely around the zone good luck but it's just the control thing he did get hit around a little bit last year in some starts but like you know I do believe he'll rein that in he's really young so he's got time um so yeah I mean I only so that's four guys they also have some other pitchers that could fill that role look for some younger guys you haven't really heard of but you know I mean they're still going to get that job done
So I got the Marlins at fifth. I would not be surprised if they won if they broke even and won like eighty one games. I really wouldn't. Um, the absolute least I see them winning is like seventy eight. Their ceiling I think is like eighty two, eighty three. So like eighty one sounds good to me. Um, and again, I really do think that this division is going to be decided by like two or three games at the absolute most. I mean, unless the Braves just totally turn it on or you have a surprise team, uh, not necessarily a surprise team, but someone overperforms, I really do think it's going to be like, it's only going to be a couple games. So, you know, just reiterating that. Uh, going on to my fourth place team, a little bit of bias, but I do have the Nats in fourth place. Um, coming off that World Series high last year, did not play well. Um... You know, you got some, you got the injury bug a little bit, it, and it, it just, you know, I, I, I get it. You know, it's probably disappointing to be a Washington fan and see that happen. However, short season, the Braves ran away with the division anyway, so you're not too disappointed about not competing. Obviously, you always want to compete. However, you know, I mean, you regroup, you go get some more guys, and you know, you go back at it, go back out at it this year. Um. And try and go get that, get back in those playoffs, you know. Um, fourth place, they could very well be second. I This is just where I see them at now, like at this current moment looking roster for roster. This is where I see them at now. So running through their lineup, you know, they traded for Josh Bell. I think that's a great move. He's a bit streaky. Like last year, no, not last year, 2019, he had like an insane start to the season where he was absolutely ridiculous. Like I remember watching a game where the Phillies played the Pirates and it was Hector Neris on the bump, right? And I'm trying to think. It was bottom nine at PNC Park. And he stepped in with a guy on. Philly's up by one. And I was just like, turn it off. <laughs> He's going to hit a home run. And sooner, you know, I didn't, I didn't turn it off. But, like, boom, you know, the pitch comes in. Pretty sure it was a splitter away. And he just goes out, gets it. And he, he's a mammoth. I do believe numbers-wise... Maybe not yet, but I, and obviously Ryan Howard wasn't a switch hitter, kind of gave away where I was going there, but he is the closest to Ryan Howard we have in our league right now. I don't know, that's just kind of like a ran, random tidbit, and also Ryan Howard's my favorite player ever. Uh, peep the uh, the banner in the uh, Dinger Discussions uh, Twitter, it's Ryan Howard, it's a bad picture, but, um, you know, gotta shout him out really anytime I can. Um, so second base for them, you got Castro. Um, he's bounced around a little bit. Was with the Cubs. Pretty sure he was with the Yankees for a little bit. Now he's with the Marlins. He's gonna hit. Defense won't be stellar, but I mean, you know, he hits about two seventy five, two eighty, I believe. And then you got Trey Turner, who is the most underrated shortstop in the league. Um, no doubt about it. He's got pop. He can run like hell. Um, contact guy on base, got like anything you want closest to five tool that you're going to get at that position besides you know like the very very notable guys like a Lindor like a story like a Tatis you know um at their base you got the biggest prove it guy um I mean looking over my list the biggest prove it guy that like will flip the team and really just make them like this I, I believe this guy produces they become that third place or second place looking for a wild card team you got Carter Keyboom big prospect for them you know, holding down the line on third base, and not a good year last year at all. Um, so definitely Nats fans looking for him to turn it around. I mean, you really need to uh, 
to compete, you know, in, on that on, at third base. I mean, if you look around the league, I mean, I didn't got to the Phillies, Mets, or Braves yet, but you've got a young Austin Riley in Atlanta who, I mean, again, needs to produce a little bit more to, you know, I think satisfy some Atlanta Braves fans. However, he's been better than Keyboom. You go to the Mets, and you got... I don't know who's going to play third for them. I believe it's Jeff McNeil. Um, could be J.D. Davis. Um, so, yeah, that's still up in the air, but still, both of those guys are boppers. Um, you got Alec Bohm from the Phillies, who had a really good year last year, looking to uh, to do that again. Watching spring training, again, this is biased. I know a lot more about the Phillies than any other team, but, uh, you know, I don't know if I've seen him hit a ball that landed, like, as, you know, like that he got a hit off of under 100 miles an hour, like, if so, it was, like, 98, so, I mean, Alec Bohm's gonna pick it, he's gonna hit, obviously, and then the Marlins, even Brian Anderson, like I was saying, so I do think that the Nationals, third base is a place that they really need to get better, um, you got Luis Garcia, also, who's a middle infielder, he could probably go between second and short, if Turner or Castro need a day off, or, I don't know if Castro can play third, but if Castro wants to move over to third base, well, not if they need cash to move over to third base. You know, Luis Garcia can fill in at second. And then that outfield's pretty simple. It's Robles in center, uh, Schwarber in left field, and then possibly the greatest hitter in the league. You know, the best? Eh, maybe, maybe not. Not most complete because, like, defense, but maybe best. I don't know. It's an argument. You can have would have won on VP if he, was, if he didn't have that stupid fake COVID thing. Uh, Juan Soto, absolute menace. Um... You know, like, it, it sucks that we have all these really, really good... I mean, it doesn't suck for everyone. It sucks for me that there's all these really, really good young superstars, flashy guys who just put up great numbers, and they're in the league that, like, in the division that I don't want to root for. But, like, Juan Soto, you know, um, he, he, I don't know what else even to say. I mean, he's going to go down as one of the greatest. I do believe that. I mean, he, he puts up three more years like he's been doing. He could retire and make the Hall of Fame. I firmly believe that he's like 21 I think barely able to drink like the the kid's three and a half years older than me and you know he's going yard off JV in the World Series it's just it's wild uh so I have the Nats at fourth place I do believe 84 85 86 possibly 87 probably not uh you know for wins in that division I think everyone's going to be good I really do I don't see a losing record I mean, possibly the Marlins, but, like, if so, it's going to be, like, by a game or two. Um, yeah. Moving on to my Philadelphia Phillies. A lot of unanswered questions. The lineup is pretty substantial. Barring an, inter- an injury, I do believe they will be really good. Hitting-wise, pitching is where it gets shaky. Um, you know, worst statistical bullpen in the majors since, like, a 1956 or 46 Royals team or something stupid like that. It was atrocious. The amount of times they had the lead going into the sixth inning and ended up losing by more than one run really made me sad. It was not fun, and that's all I want to talk about for that. So, going over there, lineup real quick. First base, you got Reese Hoskins. Second base will be Gene Segura. They did bring back Didi Gregorius. Alec Bohm, as I was saying, is manning third base. Um... You got Kutch, uh, Andrew McCutcheon in left field. And then obviously right field is Bryce Harper. You know, he's your staple piece. Oh, and I didn't even mention mention catchers. I feel like an idiot. Um, crap. 
didn't even mention catchers. So uh, the Marlins will have Jorge Alfaro, who was a former Philly, and Alex Avila at slash Jan Gomes will be behind the dish for the Nationals. I feel very stupid. I completely wrote, I wrote it down and completely glossed over it. But yeah, as I was saying, you got JT Real Muto on the Phillies. Please excuse that. Um, and then center field is a bit of a controversy right now. I want it to be Adam Hazley. I also am Scott Kingery biased. I don't even know if you guys, if you, if you're like you're like an, a Diamondbacks fan or something, you, or like Rockies, you're not even gonna know who Kingery is. But most likely because he's kind of just the guy that they signed young, supposed to be really good, hasn't really done much, moved around from second base to shortstop a teeny bit to center field, and you know um, hasn't really produced. Um, uh, you got the speedster Roman Quinn, who is one of the fastest players in baseball, but strikes out a ton. So, like, that doesn't matter because he can't get on base. And then, obviously, not obviously, again, you have Adubel Herrera, who had the whole domestic violence thing where, you know, screw off, please stop playing well because I don't want you on my team. Um, and that's just how I feel about that. And then the rotation goes Nola, Wheeler, Zach Eflin, Vince Velasquez sucks. Matt Moore came back from Japan, I believe it was, and then Chase Anderson played with the Blue Jays last year. Again, rotation, you know, that's not necessarily the biggest question mark. It's more the pen because the rotation with um, Nola, Wheeler, um, and then they put up great numbers last year. They were... Both um, very good pitchers. I, I believe Wheeler might have had a sub three, like barely. It was like two nine six or something. But like I believe he was sub three ERA last year. And then Eflin looks great this spring. You know I don't know how that's going to translate necessarily, but he looks really good. And then it's probably going to be Matt Moore slash Vince Velasquez um, slash Chase Anderson for those last three spots. Spencer Howard also, you know, uh, figuring some stuff out there. Um, yeah. And then I'm going to talk about their pen, partly because I know more about it than other teams, partly because that was their hole. That was the thing that kept them out of the playoffs. Last year, I remember, again, it hurt very badly. They played 10 games of the last part of the season, right? I believe they had to go 2-10 and 10 or something stupid like that to make the playoffs, and they went 1-10, and 10, and it was very depressing, and I wanted to cry. Um, so yeah, you got Archie Bradley, they brought him in, Hector Neris is still there, he's like their one staple piece that's been there, uh, they brought Brandon Kinsler in, um, he's got a little bit of FU in him, I do believe, he's kind of like, you know what, I'm gonna get these outs, closed for the Marlins last year, and they made the playoffs, they took care of the Cubs in the playoffs, so, you know, you know, he's got some playoff wins under his belt, he's got some high level situations, we'll see where they plug him in. And then also you have Jose Alvarado, Spencer Howard, and uh, Tony Watson also looking for a job there. I mean, he's been really good this spring as well. So hopefully that solidifies. You also got some young guys, Jojo Romero, Connor Brogdon, Sam Conrude. Don't expect you to know those names at all because I had to look uh, some of them up for their first names because, honestly, they were on the team last year, but the bullpen was the last thing I was paying attention to because it made me sad, like I said. So, Phillies, um, a little bit of bias here. You are more than welcome to disagree with me. I have them at around 87, 86, possibly 88, you know, in that range uh, for wins. I do believe the Nationals and them will be separated by, like, a game or two for that third and fourth place, unless someone gets really hot, which I don't really expect. But then again, the Phillies lineup 
you never know. Same thing, Nationals, you can have Max Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin get hot at the same time. And then that, you know, you need like three people to produce in that lineup besides Soto. You know, at least go on average, right? And you you win games, you know, 5-1, 4-1, 4-2, things like that. Um, you don't got to score a lot of games to win if you're on the Nationals. I mean, score a lot of runs to win if you're on the Nationals. So I do expect them to be the closest um, to each other. And then obviously, again, moving up the ladder, in second place I have the New York Mets. Here's where I'm at with the Mets before I go through this. It's a bit of bias because I don't like the Mets. But I'm going to try and do this as respectfully and as unbiased, I believe that's the word, as I can. So, I like their lineup on paper for what it's worth. I do enjoy looking at that lineup. I do think they're going to do well. They ranked really high in OPS last year. They might have led for Team OPS last year. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure that's true. So, I enjoy their I like their lineup. The thing is, though, the Mets have a tendency of just choking it away. And honestly, I'm not buying in to them being the fifth best ranked team like ESPN said they were. No, MLB said they were when their power rankings until I see it. If they have a good two months, right, they have a good April, May, I might come back and be like, guys, I messed up. They're really good. I do believe they'll be good, but at the same time, prove it first. You know what I mean? And not that, you know, guys like Jacob DeGrom or Lindor or Syndergaard or uh, Conforto or anyone like that, not necessarily saying Lindor and Conforto on the same level, but they're both good in their own rights. But, you know, it's like everyone else prove it. I mean, you're good, but, like, do it together, do it for 162, and then do it into October. And that is where I'm at with the Mets. So just going over their lineup, they got Alonzo, McNeil, Lindor, they picked up Jonathan VR, which I didn't know until I checked out their roster. Uh, Dom Smith was really good last year. J.D. Davis can pick at their base. He can play outfield. You know, you got Michael Conforto, who is very underrated. Like, out of all the outfielders in the league, he might be one of the more underrated outfielders. Speaking of underrated outfielders, you also got Kevin Pillar, who, good contact guy. I don't know if he's going to be a bench bat or, like, I don't see him starting, but, like, you never know. They also got Alvin... Albert Al- Almora Jr., uh, Jose Martinez, who was pretty good, was on the Rays for a little bit, and also Brandon Nimmo. Um, pitching staff, I think it's the best staff in, in the league, maybe. Uh, actually, definitely in the division. I don't know about the league, because the Dodgers and the Padres, again, they're going to come up a lot when we're talking about this, but, you know, um, you know, that's for you to decide, I guess. Um, so you got Jacob DeGrom. Best pitcher in the league, hands down. Don't have to talk about him. You know what's up with him. His fastball gets faster every year, and it's not fair because he was good last year, and he's blowing 102, and he's only going to get better, and it's insane. I don't know what the hell he's eating. I don't know if he's got Mike's secret stuff from Space Jam or what, but it's it's insane. Noah Syndergaard coming off injury. Marcus Stroman wanted him on the Phillies. Uh, he did take that option with them, with the uh, the Mets, went back to New York, prove it type deal. So they have Stroman. They signed Taiwan Walker, another starter I was kind of hoping the Phillies would go grab, who was very good. And then Jordan Yamamoto also. I don't know if you guys knew that, but yeah. And then obviously, um, not going to dive into their pen, but Edwin Batances, Trevor May, Aaron Loop from the Rays last year. Yeah, I mean, the Mets are going to do it. I don't 
um, don't take from what I said that they're not going to be a good team. I just don't want to tell you that they're going to win the World Series until I see them work well together. I mean, I'm not buying the hype yet. I do believe they'll be good. But, like, if you tell me right now to put a lot of money that the Mets are going to beat the Dodgers in a seven-game series, I'm telling you to screw off because I'm not doing that. That's not a good idea. So that's where I have the Mets. I do believe they're a 91 team, though. I'm not going to lie at all. I mean, you think about it. Phillies suck against the Mets. Um, not sure how they are against the Nationals and Marlins, but you're facing those other teams. I think they might be able to split with the Braves. Um, you know, maybe go two-thirds. I mean, go one-third of those games. I don't know. Um, and then, I've, and then again, I believe the NL East plays the AL East. And then obviously you got other series, but Red Sox aren't going to be good. Marlins, I mean, uh, Orioles aren't going to be good. I think they're better than the Blue Jays. They always, I believe, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, Yankees fans and Mets fans, but I believe that the Mets normally give the Yankees a hard time. Um, you know, as of late, anyway. Um, yeah, so that's why I have the Mets. I think they're a 91 team. I don't know how much over that they're going to go, I believe. But then again, the Mets are going to met until you show me you're not going to, and that's kind of where I'm at. Don't want to sound like a hater. But that's kind of where I'm at. And then the number one team, you know, my pick to win that division, pains me to say it, for the third year in a row, the Atlanta Braves. Um, they're going to hit, bro. Like, it's ridiculous how good their lineup is. It is absolutely crazy. Oh, I forgot the freaking catcher again for the Mets. Oh, my God. James McCann. They they signed him. They were in on Real Muto, and then they weren't because they wanted to go cheaper. I'm assuming they're going to try and lock up Lindor soon. Um, yeah, James McCann, good solid behind the dish. Um, good and solid behind the dish, you know. Um, and he's going to hit pretty well. He had a good year with the White Sox, so. Yeah, I keep doing that. All right, I'm going to say the catcher first for the Braves. So they got Travis Darno behind the dish. Freddie Freeman, the MVP, long deserved. At first base, he has been a staple. And just seems like a really good dude, too. I mean, obviously, never met him, but seems like a really good guy. Um, Ozzy Albies playing second base, Austin Riley at third, big thick boy, <laughs> you know, um, he's, it's, he's, he's same thing with Carter Keboom, except not as much, I believe, because they have more around him, where, like, if he doesn't produce, it's like, okay, someone else will pick that slack up, but at the same time, you know, you want to see him do well, because he's that big prospect that they have, and, you know, get, come on, dude, let's go, uh, Dansby Swanson, the Vandy boy, playing shortstop, and then you got Christian Pache, Manning center field, absolute stud. I am excited to watch this kid play. It's not fair. I don't know who the hell is doing their scouting, but the fact that they have him and Acuna in that outfield together is not fair. As long, you know, Alvi is in the in center. I mean, in ugh, in center at second too. I mean, those young guys. It's it's wild. Ozuna uh, in left field, and then obviously Ronald Acuna is going to be playing right. I. Their lineup, man, it's ridiculous. You can honestly do whatever you want with it. Put anyone basically anywhere, and those guys are going to hit. Like, you go one through eight, and it's crazy because, like, everyone's protected. Like, even if you want to walk Swanson, you can't. I mean, because what? You're going to have Riley behind them maybe in the seven hole? I don't know, but just looking at it, I mean... It's wild. And then going back to their starters, you're going to have a healthy Mike Soroka, which is massive for them. Look what they got without him. Add him back to being that ace. And, again, very scary being in that same division. 
Max Freed, very good last year. Um, you know, kind of stepped up to fill that role that they were missing after Soroka went down. Ian Anderson, their playoff uh, breakout guy. I mean, let's see if he can up, you know, uphold that. But he he was very good, young dude as well. And then they re- they signed Charlie Morton, underrated as hell, I think. Um, also Drew Smiley, and their young guy Kyle Wright also. And then Tuki Tucson, who started some games for them last year. So, ultimately, yeah, I mean, this division is good, very good. It's going to be the most competitive. Again, 8-10 games is going to separate the Braves and the Marlins. I really do believe that. I have the Marlins possibly winning, like, they're going to win, like, 90, I don't know, uh, around 95. Maybe that's too high. I don't know, because, like, again, you all have to play each other. So, I mean, if you're good on paper, but then you got to, they're facing... Mets, Phillies, Nationals, Marlins how many times in this season. So, I mean, you know, they're going to steal wins from each other, obviously. That's how that works. But, yeah, um, let me know what you guys think. We will be doing, let me think, I guess we'll go east to west and then come back to the ALE. So we'll do the NL Central in the next episode. Um, make sure to follow the socials, at your Discussions on Instagram and Twitter, TikTok also. Watch the YouTube videos. And thank you all for checking me out. I'll see you in the next one. Your AC works overtime all summer. So be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. Find a moment of calm at Classical WETA 90.9 FM. Available to stream now at classicalweta.org or on the Classical WETA app.